0: Hello, and welcome to CHAD's ADHD 365 podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Takeda. Better health, brighter future. Welcome to ADHD 365. My name is Sarah Bowser, and I'm the adult and educator training manager for CHAD. In today's podcast on healthy meal planning with ADHD, we will discuss what constitutes a healthy meal, ways to make meal planning easier, and how healthy habits improve life with ADHD. Here to help us understand these topics is our expert, Kim Airy, who is a registered dietitian nutritionist from Montreal, Canada. Welcome, Kim. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. And thank first of all, thank you for inviting me. I have been a registered dietitian for many years. And I've always had a very big interest in how food and diet can improve our mental health. And then about eight years ago, when my son was about 19 years old, he got diagnosed with ADHD. That has led us, both he and I, to notice, depending on how he eats, that can make a big impact on his symptoms. And so I've become more focused on this. And then as I meet more people with ADHD and I get more involved in the community, I realize that I probably have undiagnosed ADHD, that my grandmother probably had it, and I can trace it back a couple of generations. But food was always super important. And maybe that helped us to manage our symptoms. Maybe that was one of our coping mechanisms.
0: Great, that's so interesting. So why don't we get started? Let's start off with, are there general rules for what a healthy meal looks like for someone with ADHD?
1: Yeah. So first of all, the only studies we have that show that there's a, a diet that really helps with ADHD, there's a couple of studies that show that the Mediterranean diet or and or the DASH diet have big improvements, offer big improvements in symptoms for people who have ADHD. Now that's really interesting because both those diets are really similar. They're more plant-based, so a lot of vegetables and fruits, a lot of whole grains and lentils, chickpeas, for uh, as protein sources, so vegetable protein, as well as some meat, some lean meat, fish, chicken, fish at least twice a week to make sure that you're having all the omega 3s you need. Lots of nuts and seeds, again, that will help you get some healthy fats and healthy fats from other sources like avocado, olives, again, very healthy. The one thing too that's common in both of these diets is they really limit the amount of ultra-processed food you're eating, the amount of sweets and items that might have things like food coloring, that kind of thing, that's all really limited. And so we know all those things are gonna help people who have ADHD. But what I always tell my clients, the simplest thing to remember, because that's a whole lot of information, is think about your healthy plate. And that is half your plate at every meal should be vegetables or fruit. A quarter of your plate should be, you want to get some good protein in there. So it could be dairy, it could be meat, fish, or chicken. And you want to also have a quarter of your plate that's whole grains. It could be lentils, chickpeas, it could be whole grain rice, whatever, something like that. You want to have a nice beverage, glass of water, could be glass of milk, tea, coffee. Or herbal tea. And then lastly, you want to put some herbs and spices and some nuts and seeds in there to get a nice mix of healthy fat. And so there you go. That's If you remember that plate, you'll get everything you need.
0: Can you describe some of the obstacles that people with ADHD face for when it comes to meal planning and how they can overcome them?
1: So everybody has different obstacles. So the first thing I tell everybody is, okay, the one thing you want to do is start by trying to figure out what is your biggest obstacle. Is your biggest obstacle time blindness? And oops, you realize at 6.30 that you sh- supper needs to be on the table in five minutes and you didn't start it yet. Then maybe you have to set alarms and have a game plan, have some rescue meals. On the other hand, if your problem is overwhelm in the grocery store, then you need to focus on strategies for grocery shopping. And so the first thing to do is figure out what is your biggest problem and then try to find some simple solutions. Start with the
0: smallest of small steps to get into the next phase. Great. Do you have any suggestions for people who find themselves impulse buying unhealthy foods, stress eating, or emotional eating? Okay. So impulse buying stress foods,
1: that can be, again, depending on your situation. Are you impulse buying foods when you're grocery shopping at five o'clock when you're starving hungry. And if I find myself in the chip aisle at five o'clock, we're done. There will be many bags of chips coming home. On the other hand, you didn't cook supper and it's five o'clock and you're just gonna order fast food. Again, those are different solutions. So it goes back to always analyzing the problem and coming up with different solutions depending on what your particular problem is, what your particular thing is. For stress eating, first of all, I think the first thing we have to do is be kind to ourselves and say, wow, aren't we lucky? We have a way of coping with stress, which is called stress eating, and we don't go to jail for that. You go to jail if you hit people, you go to jail if you do other things, you have really negative consequences if you drink too much, or if you use too much dope, or you shop too much. So eating is maybe not so bad, as provided you don't have some kind of health condition that maybe makes it really totally inappropriate. Then it's to kind of take a step back and say, what am I stress eating on and how can I work on this? Can I do things like put what I'm stress eating on away? So I had one of my clients who used to leave the clementine a crate of clementines on the counter so their kids would eat them. But every time she'd walk past the clementines, she'd take one. So we solved that problem by putting the clementines in the kid's snack drawer. And so they were out of sight, out of mind, and then she didn't take any. So again, it goes back to always take a minute to know yourself
0: and then find a simple solution to that problem. Can you describe some of the myths around ADHD and healthy eating?
1: Yeah, probably one of the biggest issues is people seem to think that if they could just take one food out of their diet, the magic food, take it out of their diet, then everything would be fine. So if we just take out sugar or if we just take out. Over the years, I found that people are really good at the taking out part, but they're not really good at the adding back in part. And we know our brains need a lot of different nutrients to work properly. So if you just take out sugar, but the rest of your diet is not giving your brain the nutrients it needs to work properly, it's not going to help you. Probably the other myth is similar to that is if I just take one supplement, everything's going to be fixed just take this pill and everything will be fixed. And yes, there are some vitamins. We've got some nice studies with some vitamins that show that people with ADHD can be helped with them. But we really want to make sure that we're not only relying on that and that we do take steps to improve our diet at the
0: same time. Where or to whom should people go to learn what healthy meals look like?
1: So I think the one thing you want to start with is always start with a registered dietitian. We have different titles in different states and provinces. So it could be registered dietitian, registered dietitian, nutritionist. You want to make sure you're seeing somebody who has a, a degree in nutrition or dietetics and who's got an internship from a recognized school. And then what you want to do is you want to Also make sure that they have experience with working with people have ADHD. You might want to talk to somebody who's a dietitian, but who's also a food coach. And that way they can help you to coach you more in terms of meal prep. Because sometimes it's not the nutrition you need help with as much as you don't always want to know how many vitamins are in things. Sometimes you just want to know how to make them taste good fast, not burn them. So that might be a registered dietitian who's got more of a food coaching background, Or you might want, if your kitchen is a complete disaster and you can't find anything, then maybe you want to talk to somebody like my colleague who is a ADHD coach and organizer. And uh, her name is Natalie Petticelli, and she can help you to organize your kitchen or somebody like her who can help you to organize your kitchen. Because when you're organized, things go better, faster, easier.
0: Sure. Okay, let's talk about scheduling and planning. What suggestions can you share on ways to plan healthy meals? How do you incorporate specific dietary requirements? So the first
1: thing I always tell everybody is start small. One of the things that's most intimidating, I don't know if you've ever done this, say, oh my God, I'm going to plan seven days of menus. And you get seven days of menu planning. You made this wonderful menu. And then you forgot that when you made the menu that Johnny had soccer on Tuesday night and you plan this meal that you needed to take two hours to cook or something and you don't have it because you're running off to soccer or some of those things happen or you go to the grocery store and they didn't have what you needed or 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 so the first thing I tell people is it's so intimidating if it's that intimidating start small do one meal do one supper a week and then whatever happens the rest of the week who cares but at least you did one and then you can keep the ones that everybody likes or that you like uh, depending on your situation keep the ones that go oh yeah this is good and that way next week you have two meals planned this one and then a the new one you're going to add to it and then gradually build up a bank of meal plans that you can save in your computer or in a binder or somewhere and that way you can then just kind of go in and pick and choose some of my clients take that a step further and they say okay monday is pasta night tuesday and thursday are fish nights and wednesday is beef night and Friday is leftover, clean out the fridge night. And Sunday is roast night. And so you really, and then they have different recipes for those things, but they know right off they have to get, they know exactly what they need to have in their fridge. The other thing is to make sure you schedule the time you need to cook. So remember to put timers on to make sure that you actually go to the kitchen on time. And use timers in the kitchen so you don't burn things. And those are some of the tips I have for getting going with the meal planning. In Europe, they plan one day at a time. So maybe we need to go think about that as an option.
0: How can someone track their food inventory and plan meals so they don't buy more than they need or are going to use?
1: So one of the things I try and do is keep a really small food inventory. If it's too big, then yeah, you're right it's a problem. The biggest thing too is also being organized in your pantry and your fridge and in your freezer. So that's where working with somebody who can help you get organized, organizing your style can help you to be better at that. I always label things as much as I can so I don't have mystery bags in the fridge or the freezer or mystery containers with best before dates so I can toss them if I need to. If I forget about them you know, and I do find them too late, And then the other thing that is, I think, really important about not getting too big uh, is is just don't buy, don't go get the Costco amount if there's only two of you. You can buy a huge, huge, huge amount of, buy, for example, a package of three chickens if you're a family of of four because you know you're going to pass it during the week. You know you'll use it all up between the night you eat the roast, the night you use the leftovers and a couple of chicken sandwiches. So you know you'll you'll use the whole thing. Whereas if there's two people, it's not likely you're going to eat three chickens in a week. So you have to have a plan for them. If I'm going to buy them, I'm gonna, what am I going to do? Am I going to freeze two of them? Am I going to cook them all, debone them, and put all the extra meat, put it in packages, and put it in the freezer? Those are all good strategies. That's what I do. When I buy three chickens, we roast one, and then the other two I debone and put in packages in the fridge that are two cups. And then I know if I have two cups of cooked chicken, that's a good amount to put in a recipe for chicken Tetrazzini or to make a chicken loaf or to do all kinds of different things that I would do with leftover chicken. And then that makes an easy recipe, fast recipe.
0: Can you tell us about any apps, products, professionals, or services that people with ADHD might find especially helpful for planning meals?
1: There's tons, 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 tons. Yeah, you. It, w- the first thing I tell everybody is look in your community to see what's available in your community because it, may, it, it can vary from community to, to community. So for instance, the local grocery store that I go to, that's part of a, a large chain, um, has a meal planning app as part of and has a lot of recipes. And it also has, you can do your online grocery shopping. So I can plan my meal make my grocery list, and do my grocery shopping all at the same time. And then it gets delivered. Then I didn't have to go in the store. So so that's the first thing I, I, I do is tell everybody, check in your community. What's available? That's easy for me. It's in my community. It's easy. I didn't have to buy an app. It's free. It's great. Okay. But there are some apps uh, that do menu planning. They do grocery lists. There's various ones. So based on a, an evaluation from uh, from 2023 that I saw online from one of the major um, companies, they're saying that Paprika, which is an app, is a really good one. You can get recipes, grocery shopping, all the things you need on it. Uh, forks over knives is great if you're vegetarian. They have a nice meal planning app. The other thing you want to do is you might want to see if you're working with a registered dietitian. She has access sometimes to some of those types of tools. You might want to look at that. Another thing is to get meals that are already prepared. I have a number of clients who, instead of ordering meals out, like, you know, they get too many times where they come home and go, oh my God, it's six o'clock and I haven't got anything. So I'll just stop on my home and pick something up. They have too many of those. So what they do is they order prepared meals and they have a catering company deliver the prepared meals. Other clients that go to collective kitchens where they go, they cook one day a week with a group of people and then they bring home a week's worth of food. So. The first thing to do is look at what's available in your community. You may find the community kitchen is really helpful for you because then you don't have to have a lot of extra s- stuff in the, in the house. And if you live alone, then you just bring home a couple of portions of everything and you've got more than enough for a week. Other people love these um, meal delivery where the food is already prepared, not the ones where you have to start cooking because that's the same problem. Other people, there's just, like I say, just there's tons of things. You just have to check what's in your community.
0: Sure. Definitely. So let's talk about shopping. What should someone consider when they're grocery shopping? So there's, there's all the typical things
1: we tell people, bring a list, make a list, bring it because then you have more chance of buying what's on your list and not forgetting half the ingredients you needed to make your menu. I think it's really important to do that. But even if you're the kind of person who doesn't like shopping with a list, because I have a lot of clients who never do enough planning to have a list with them, I think the most important thing I always tell my clients is make a map of your grocery store. So you know where everything is. So you know you can walk in, hit the vegetables and the fruit that are fresh or frozen. You can walk in and hit the protein so the dairy, the eggs, meat, fish, or chicken, get what you need, stop at maybe some bread or some whole grains, and then leave. And then you don't have to walk through all those aisles with stuff that you don't want to be eating, but are very tempting because they're, Colorful boxes and they look delicious, and they're just calling to you because you love them. So you don't have to look at them. You just go right in and then you leave. So the, for me, the most important thing is know your grocery store. Another tip is do online groceries because that can be really, really, really helpful for people. Less distractions. If you're going to read ingredient lists and labels, do that at home online because then there's less distractions. When you're in your Caught, when you're you've got your shopping cart and you got your kids with you and you're trying to read labels and people are trying to go around you and chaotic so that's another way to make grocery shopping easier is to do any label reading you want to do do it at home when you're calm when you're quiet then you can take your time do any comparisons you want to do and go from there and if you're going to shop with your kids you might want to bring somebody to wrangle the kids while you focus on your groceries or, or vice versa. If you have to go, all the three of you, then try and have a list and give the kids some things to kind of, if they're old enough, can you pick this up and can you get this?
0: Let's talk a little bit about preparing meals. What are the specific obstacles for a person who has ADHD when it comes to meal preparation? Can you suggest some ways they can overcome them?
1: Yeah, but there are some specific ones. And I think, again, it depends on your symptoms and how your kitchen and your house is set up, right? How organized you are. For some of us, it's actually finding a place to cook in the kitchen. So again, getting organized, get your kitchen, make sure you put your dishes away so that you have place to actually cook. So that could be one thing that could be an obstacle. Another obstacle is getting distracted. Um, It's so easy. Has this ever happened to you? You turn your back and you forgot about the onions you were sautéing and the next thing you have black onions. Yes. So it's really important to make sure that you uh, remember to do things like turn things on low, use timers, reminders. My kitchen is set up so that where I cut up my vegetables and I'm doing my next step of preparation, it's right beside my stove and I can look at it so I can't get so distracted. As if I had to prepare a little over to the right, I would get distracted and I'd forget about it. Also, the other thing is reading recipes can be a challenge because we can get lost in the steps. So you want to make sure that you have a recipe that's in a format that you can use easily because you don't want to get lost in the steps.
0: So there are other tasks that are associated with meals, such as remembering to store leftovers. Do you have any tips to help people avoid having to throw away food because it expires or is no longer safe to eat? So the best one I've come up
1: with, with all these, first of all, make sure you have the appropriate types of containers. So you want some glass containers, you want some, whatever you need to store the food, make sure you have the appropriate containers because otherwise you won't be able to keep the vegetables or the fruit as long or the food as long. Uh, The second thing is I now keep, it's not pretty, but it works. Okay. Remember this, not pretty, but it works. I keep a roll of masking tape in my kitchen and a Sharpie and everything that goes in the fridge, that's a leftover or the freezer has a date on it, as well as what it is, the name of what it is on it. And that is a lifesaver. The masking tape, I buy large, it's large enough that you can really see it. Uh, It's easy to tear off. It's easy and it's easy to rip off your containers and not leave a big mess. So it works perfectly.
0: So before we end, I wanted to ask, is there anything that we haven't discussed today that you think our listeners would really benefit from that you'd like to share with us?
1: Well, I think the one one thing too that I, I want to remind everybody is I know that one of the issues people with ADHD face is taking their medication and it, it reducing their appetite. And I know we had some of that with my son. And I think it's really important to remember that when you don't eat When we're not eating, we're not getting those nutrients we need. And then our brain works worse than it already did or differently than it's supposed to. And now we have kind of compounding our issues. So what we really want to do is we want to kind of take a step back and try and figure out what we can do with our medication. So talk to our healthcare professionals to make sure, have we optimized the dose? Have we optimized the time we're taking the medication? I know in my son's case, he has his breakfast, a really good breakfast before, and he'll have like a a nice portion of protein, a portion of fruit and some whole grains for breakfast. And then, so a nice big breakfast. Then he has his medication and he says, mommy, I make myself eat lunch because I know my brain works better when I eat lunch. So he sets timers or whatever he needs to do to make sure he has lunch, and then he also does the same to make sure he gets his supper. And to make sure that you have that plan there and that you have a way to do that. Other people will eat their supper for breakfast, and they'll they'll kind of jig around and they'll eat breakfast at noon, and then a light light something at noon, and then they'll eat a larger meal again at at uh, in the evening when they're hungrier. So you you need to play around with that, but remember to focus on getting nutrient-dense foods into your body so you get the nutrients you need. Awesome.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was a lot of really great information that I think will be very helpful and appreciate you coming out and uh, doing this with us. This podcast was sponsored by Takeda. Better health, brighter future. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chad's ADHD 365 podcast.